everybody and welcome to episode 10 the 10th anniversary of words images and worlds very pleased very very pleased to be joined today by kelly jones kelly jones being uh, an author and artist who's been around for some time and who was a big part of my reading life uh reading comics and uh not just back in the day back in the 90s when i was reading comics but i continue to to read your work um so thank you so much for joining me today i appreciate it jason it's a real pleasure to be here and may i just say i'm loving like the atmosphere i've got a digital background here yeah. um listeners on the podcast can't see the background but i love that we've got uh some frankenstein there <laughs> and some yeah. skeletons around you and and all of that sort of thing well, and that's I, that's just uh my studio it's, you know, you, you create an atmosphere, right? To it's the only place. I mean, the rest of the house ain't like this, <laughs> you know, right, right. Place, but it's just a place that kind of gets you in the mood to do it. You know? Yeah. I see over your shoulder. I think one of the first works of yours that I encountered was probably uh Batman red rain. Uh, I think yeah. that was maybe one of the first ones. Um, yeah. and, and since then I've gone back through and looked at uh, the things you were doing before that. But definitely uh, a story. I was a big Elseworlds reader. I loved Batman. Yeah. That was yeah. what connected me with comics. Yeah. Um, so so certainly uh, an intriguing vision there. I do think that was the the first time I saw your work in print, though, was yeah. Red Rain. That was that was uh, um, pretty big when it came out and no one knew it would be that big. I certainly mm -hmm. didn't know. But um, it was uh, one of those uh really good things that happened i didn't i i didn't know i mean obviously in, in that it sold well but i didn't think it would and um i think it was done as a passion project for doug minch the writer mm -hmm. and i was very new to that company so um it's one of those things where i'm really glad i poured that much effort into something even though i didn't think it had legs or anything um because everybody showed up to see it so um you i'm glad i didn't dog it through it all i mean it's just uh uh because you don't know what what anything will do right you you hope and um and if if it uh, certainly with that book and it's still around it's still in print it's still doing its thing and i think that's a testament to its um very different nature to what it is and it's a very true obviously it's vampires and batman but it's a very true in the telling in that it's a sincere thing and as anything gothic goes even if all your objectives are met it can be a disaster and i think people loved the fact that it did that because you kept thinking the tropes of comics are what we all know and this one actually went into new trope zone <laughs> you know there was Definitely. you can't trust your 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 uh your comic book um experiences because this one did go its own route so and then through two other uh mm -hmm. volumes and, and you're absolutely right like the world that was created there just worked well together sometimes you have yeah. ideas that are sort of thrown together in comics and it's like oh, okay i love both of these characters so i'll go with this but uh in your hands and in doug mentions hands uh it just felt like it came together well so a naturally. gothic yeah, when it's when something's gothic, um, people use that term a lot. But what what gothic does mean 
is beyond its time frame or beyond it, it its uh, uh, look. Mm-hmm. What it genuinely can mean is not necessarily a good ending. And that and and gothic doesn't mean cool. It means something completely different. And I don't want to ruin. It, so I don't want to say it because it'll ruin. Oh, it yeah. if someone hasn't read it. <laughs> um, but it can mean something completely different. Yet the objectives are met. Right. Definitely. It doesn't descend into cynicism. It doesn't descend into to some kind of a snarkiness. It's like. Uh, it keeps us isn't this terrible, but you want to still read this or you still want to be here. Um, you you don't you don't know where it's going. Um, I think uh, any great any great gothic masterpiece, uh, if you were to go in and give it a happy ending, it would ruin it. So a good man really is hard to find. It I is. Mean, you know, you you. If you found a good man at the end of that story, it just wouldn't work quite as well. Yeah. And even if he's not a good man, but does good things, that then becomes the moral or ethical question to the reader, which is the point, you know, does any of this justify anything? Um, or would you do go to these great ends to even at your cost of yourself, which is the heroic. Um, and all those things are there uh, that make it. Uh, interesting. So I'm curious, um, because your style is so distinctive, uh, literary influences, artistic influences. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we pretty much collect all those and stand on it. So, but for me, I had, I had grown up, uh, speaking of Gothic, loving old, they were new then or or relatively new in reruns, but I used to really enjoy um, a couple of television series that were, one was The Outer Limits and the other one was Boris Karloff's Thriller, which were anthology shows. Both would be absolutely defined as gothic, though I didn't know the terms. I grew up loving 40s films, uh, film noir and whatnot. And those, film noir is just detective gothic. Um, Mm-hmm. I didn't know those terms, but I was always attracted to that. Anything that was in the dark and with shadows and that kind of spooked me, I was curious, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to live in that world personally. I didn't want to be that, but I was, I was curious of it. But it attracted me because the subjects were different and the characters were different. And um, then when I became a little older, I mean, uh, the power of imagery though I was too young to understand it, my father, for whatever reason, took me at, for when I was six years old to go see uh, Kubrick's 2001 in a theater at, oh, for wow. my birthday. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, you know, to this day, I'll never know why, what would make him do that, what what he was assuming, I, I, whether he probably didn't know what the movie was about, just, hey, monkeys and spaceships, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do not remember, you know, I there's a lot of stuff you don't remember at a certain time, but the imagery and the music in that stayed with me. And I thought if I if I were to go back, I probably would have thought it was a horror film because the music was just terrifying mm-hmm. and the imagery was terrifying and probably worked for a child because it's not a narrative film. It's just 
I don't even know how to describe it to this day. It's not a documentary. It's not a drama. It's not a it's not linear in that sense. It doesn't explain itself and it's very ambiguous. So for a kid, that's pretty good because you're more willing to receive it. But that film made an enormous impact on me. Just just the oh. sound, the music and the images all together. I didn't need to understand the plot or the story, any of that. Um, so uh, as an emotional experience, it was pretty powerful. And that's what stayed with me. If I have a different style, it's due to the fact that everything that I do has nothing to do with the technical end of how you do it. I, I frankly don't care. I, I don't care if, if you, uh, drawing because it's enough. Yes. You should know what kind of tools you want to use or maybe handling the tools. Mm -hmm. You don't let the tools dictate and you don't let the rules, whatever they are, I think because it gives a falseness to it. Rules in science, yes, you can't deviate from them. Physics, biology, whatever the task is that science, there is the scientific method. But art, it doesn't have that. It is, it's trying to hold water in your hands. It just goes where it wants. Mm -hmm. And, and I, Clearly, I didn't know that. Once I realized that the best place for me to learn how to draw was not in an art class, but in a film class or in a philosophy class or in those places, because an art class gives you the false impression that, you know, it would be like two plus two equals four, meaning if I do this and get a degree, I'll get a job and da, da, da. And no, no, because somebody can walk in off the street who never did it before and only works in number two pencils and they can get your job because the intangible. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to focus on what is that intangible and that's ideas. And all style comes from ideas and all ideas create emotion and emotion is what the reader receives. They don't care how, I mean, you do it but they want to receive that emotion. So I can't manipulate a reader. I have to be emotional myself in the creation of these works. And if I'm emotional and disciplined, I can get those ideas to paper. You don't sit down and say, I'm going to have a great idea today. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, uh, to draw well, I always tell people, keep doing it and don't judge yourself. Just keep doing it. If mm -hmm. someone says you if someone says you suck, you very well may suck, but that's okay. If someone says you're great, they're probably wrong, but that's okay. You can't do that. What you have to do is have somebody come up to you and look at your work and go, wow. And that doesn't mean photorealistic. Realistic, I always say, is interesting. But, you know, in, in and of itself, but um, that other place, that undisciplined, that whatever it is, that's where, that's where everyone goes. That's where the ideas are. So realistic is good. Interesting, far better. And uh, interesting does not say, interesting doesn't say what it is. <laughs> it just is. So, so it sounds... Uh, what I'm saying is, yes, it's probably to hone that is 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 difficult. But but 
it's not uh it's not that you're if people are taking courses and doing that stuff i'm not saying don't do that i'm just saying realize that that's just a discipline but it's not it's not really where art lies um i could teach anyone how to draw if i were to teach a course people would be disappointed because i say hey on the one hand i'd say hey look you don't have to buy any art supplies you don't have to draw, get any paper because we're not going to do any drawing and then we're going to learn how to get to that place inside your heart that is trying to do it it isn't how well you draw hands it isn't mm. how you do perspective it's it's the ideas and once an idea happens once you let that happen it goes everywhere when i came to dc and i was a young new artist and and i wanted to you know show them what i could do i didn't go there uh thinking the things i'm thinking now because I had the technical ability, but I was dry and mediocre and dull by, I, I just was. But I was good enough to take a script, turn it in, and they could go sell it, you know. But I wasn't going to change the universe. So when I got the chance to do Dead Man, nobody cared about Dead Man. Number one, that's good. Number two, the only good Dead Man was by the great Neil Adams, one of the geniuses of art. It would be like one of the Beatles drew a comic book. Yeah. Um, so, so how do I compete with that? And how do you make yourself known? And that only way to do it is to have an idea so good that they don't see your technical flaws. So when I did Dead Man, not as this heroic guy, but as this skeletal, warped, tra traumatized ghost mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. always looking like he was hurt. He was always looking like he was in terrible emotional anguish and he's floating around in the, and as a ghost, I figured, well, he doesn't have to follow our laws of physics. He can just do whatever. It's so, it was so visually arresting to people. Now I was doing it just to see what, I, I couldn't go the other route. I didn't know how, I didn't sit there and think, well, everyone's going to love this. Everyone's going to be amazed by it. I didn't think that. I thought, well, if no matter what, they won't say I ripped off Neil. That was it. That was all I was just, you know, because every artist had failed the test who had handled this character after Neil, every one of them, as good as they were, they were all going, yeah, but it's not as good as Neil Adams. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so I didn't realize at the time that having a character no one cared about under the shadow of one of the greatest, if just one of the greatest artists of all time was actually a benefit. Nobody cared and they didn't expect much from you. So you are free, right? You're free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was free to do this and it knocked the socks off the company. I didn't know that though. I was turning it in and they were seeing because they traded in ideas, they were looking at an idea happen. And they also knew everything I was just saying. They're saying, wow, they made something. This, this kid did something. Now, what the benefit of that is is not that you make money and that you get published and people pat you on the back. What it is, is you begin to trust yourself. Because if you're going to do this for any length of time, you have to trust that you can do it. There's the blue collar nature of you come to work, you get your work done, you turn it in on time, and you make everybody happy from your editor to your publisher to your retailer to your reader. Mm -hmm. And that's a discipline. That I would teach in an art class. 
you're going to hate this kids, but we're all going to do the work <laughs> to make sure it's not about the results you think it's going to be the results everyone around you, 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 everyone else needs. Uh, and mind you, that's true for fine artists too. They can't sit around and look into the middle distance. They got to produce for their patrons or their, or their commissions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they got to keep doing it. Uh, their agents will drop them. So it's not, there's no dodge to the work is what I'm saying. It's just in what I'm saying, it's a different path to it. And what I found with Dead Man was these ideas spawned other ideas within that character. When I came to Batman, uh, kind of the same thing happened. Yes, Neil Adams drew a great Batman, but so did a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And they all had their own thing. And the vast majority of who drew Batman followed those other people and didn't distinguish themselves. Yeah. So, so my thing again was, how do I do this to where it's interesting? And every artist, every single artist I ever spoke to said, well, if they were Batman, they would do this. Or if they were Batman, they would see it this. Or how would it really work? And mm -hmm. I didn't think that way. I thought, what if he was chasing me? What if I'd done something where he's coming after me? He's a scary figure. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I thought, I wouldn't know any of the details of him. A lot, all the other artists were thinking, well, I know who, it's Bruce Wayne. I know he knows Gordon. I know he's very wealthy. I know, I know, I know. And I said, I wouldn't know. I'm out uh, trying to rip off a liquor store mm -hmm. or I'm part of a group of guys doing something bad and he's coming after me. So I know nothing about him. I don't even know if he's a good guy. I could have been in his turf, right? Like the mafia controls sections of a town. You don't dare anything. Maybe it's his section of the town. I don't know. And Gotham's scary. So I started thinking that way and the ideas came. He was a silhouette. He was a frightening silhouette. He didn't appear in the day. And he didn't, you didn't know he was there until he let you know he was there. He might have been there for 15 minutes while you're trying to jimmy open something or you're telling your plans to your bad guy friends or your whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And he will never stop. And he, his whole thing then was, to me, it wasn't devices and tools and it was intimidation and fear, which is how they initially created him was fear. So I, I figured, well, he's a failure if he hits you. So what it is is all this other stuff. So the cape became alive. The ears became longer so you could just, all you'd see is all this outline, this mm -hmm. dark moving, frightening thing. It was like, you know, uh, the Grim Reaper in human form or something. And yeah. it's bearing down on me. And then it drew itself. Everything drew itself. So all of the loves I had did help. All my love of old, film noir or gothic type material, my love of Stanley Kubrick, my love of all this stuff, all, it all comes together. It wasn't, oh, I'm glad I took this anatomy course on how to draw or figure drawing or how I can use it. It was all of these things. Uh, when I took the film courses and they would explain what symbolism was in a film, nothing like that was in an art class. Mm -hmm. Why does a character ascend? Well, he's, rising da, 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 or why is he descending and it simple stuff um uh the slicing of light through a figure or through a face a close-up is to show that there's something going on up there 
and, mm-hmm. and going, wow the use of lighting like that um in the godfather everyone's in the back in the dark because they're manipulating from behind beautiful use now does an audience need to know it no but the emotion of it they react to it carries through and then well, later on if you want to break it all down fine then you go hey good work but um i don't think the astronaut wants to know the equation for the rocket to go to the moon. He just wants to know that when he presses the button, it goes. And when it says time to come home, it comes home. He doesn't need to go at all. He just knows how to run it. And that's, that's to me, what I wanted the reader to be was the astronaut. I'll get him to the moon and back. They don't need to know how. And for the people who want to build the rocket, it's not the way you think. It's how to rethink. So you go into this stuff open, I'll learn what it is, but don't let the rule define you. If you have to change perspective to make something fit, change it. If someone comes up to you and says it's wrong, they don't know how to read a comic book then. It's, it's reading it's, the visual. It's, it's yes. The writer, the, the, the written word on it, um, doesn't have to match the illustration. The illustration should do its thing. Do not be, I I started, the, my goal was, I'm going to be, uh, mo, every other artist, no, you got to be very clear on your storytelling. I went, in some parts, other parts, I'm going to be ambiguous. What does this mean? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. He didn't show me, or he showed me something worse, but it isn't directly related to what I thought I would see. But that's where the symbolism came in. And then once people stop, they go, oh. Or you give them a different angle. You want to slow people down sometimes. So I would do an angle that would take them a second to figure it out. But then it would be an angle that was perfect for Batman or a dead man or a Sandman or a swamp thing or whatever I was on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it made people more involved in the story. Is that a lot of work? Uh, Probably harder than if you just sat down and said, I'm going to show you everything and lead you to the end. I want people to go. You you want people to invest themselves in it enough to where they start feeling a part of something and they have an investment in it and they feel like now, now I'm caught up in it and that's emotion. And they want to read that next issue. They want to carry the story. Yes. I want to care. And I want them to care. And um, it's okay if they don't get it right off the bat. I used to drive editors nuts. Kelly, I can't. And I said, they don't need to understand right now. Um, They will catch up. And then then I said, you're going to have a problem. Because now they're going to expect other people to produce this way too. Because they're going, hey, it's too easy. Mm-hmm. And for me, my personal was, I always thought that if I if I continued to do that, that many, many years later, many years later, my work would still hold up and still look fresh and still be immediate because it wasn't dated to a time. It was just me talking to you personally. Mm-hmm. And that would mm-hmm. never be dated to a time. So I always felt if someone went back to my run on Batman or these uh, vampire stories or whatever, or dead man, they go, this could come out right now. And that elevates elevates the writing, it elevates the character, it elevates the medium, and it all came from a kid who could not pass an art class. All the ironies. 
but I got oh, A's yeah. in film class and I got A's in the, in the more philosophical things and whatever. And I didn't go in there saying, I want to learn something. I wanted to, I wanted to, I went in there like what they wanted. I went in there. I was my own, uh, um, syllabus in my head. I wanted to know how to get, and I didn't know how to define it then, but how do I get to these ideas? Because I knew the ideas. Mm-hmm. They excite me when someone else's idea excites you. Let's say, and, and, and they have to grow. Um, when you're a kid, teenager, and you read the Lord of the Rings, you go adventure story, and it's really exciting, and you believe it. When you become an adult, you go, this means a lot more, and these things here were not just. Then it quits being about that, and you're enthralled by this other thing, and mm-hmm. then you you go. Uh, when you're a kid, you're always kind of disappointed or sad, I should say, not disappointed, sad at the ending. They get everything and it's sad. When you get older, you say, yeah, I totally understand. You're changed after something. And that's genius. Now, a regular editor to books of fantasy or whatever would go, oh, Mr. Tolkien, we need to change that. Let's work on changing, making it happy. And they all have cake and beer for the rest of their lives you know or whatever uh, and he knew that that in the doing there's a changing so i wanted that kind of thing in my books where where in my art at least where there was more than just simply a guy standing looking good with his physique um i i wanted to go for something more and you're gonna take a chance i don't pat myself on the back and no one should you're not being brave or stunning or anything by going your own path that's expected of you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what you should do and if you can't if you can't tell an editor or answer an editor why you're doing something you don't know why you're doing it you have to have the answers when i was asked why are you drawing batman with the cape so long i gave him that answer of he's chasing me he's in a room editor went genius that's brilliant. Keep doing it. Now, mm-hmm. if I'd have said, oh, because it's this way and that, and they'd say, well, it doesn't look like the character, or it doesn't look like the way we all do it, or it, that would have been the answer. But as soon as they heard that, they go, that's a good idea. And that's a different angle. Mm-hmm. And in all the years I worked with Danny O'Neill's the editor, he would tell me, you're the first guy in the history of it to come up with that angle to to show it that way neil the great neil adams came up to me and said as as much as i am of the 70s you are of the 90s that you made it yours and it's an important version and i put you in my top 10 of all time who have ever done it now i was a kid i i couldn't speak i was gonna say how did that feel (laughs) i i wanted to i couldn't it it what it meant was he wasn't talking to and the thing that got me jason it wasn't that he was talking to me luminary to young kid doing it he was seeing peer-to-peer because i had proved something and i had done something that idea wise he saw neil could see every single flaw in my work now you can't lie to that he could see every single flaw everything i didn't do right everything that i wasn't as as accomplished on that didn't matter to him what mattered to him was he went wow which is what you want is like, wow, I do not pat myself on the back on this. I think anyone can do it. 
that is my discovery. My great discovery after these things is not self-personal me. I want anyone can do this. Anyone. Uh, I'm thinking about all the kids. We did comics this past week. I was teaching informational text. Mm-hmm. And I brought in comics because of the the close attention you pay to things in in yeah. comics, uh, and you have to to get yeah, all of you it. Do. And I'm just thinking about all of the kids every time we do comics that say, "I'm not good at drawing, I'm yeah. not good at drawing," and the adults yeah. are the same way. Okay, you can tell them neither was I. And in the eyes of a lot of my peers, and they are, I love they're nice to me. It's not I'm not saying it. they just go, God, you don't know how to this and this and this. And this. They can they can all see it. But they all come to me and say, but you influenced me. And my editors say, do you know what an influence you've been on the crop of artists now doing Batman and all that? You. I've had them take me aside to tell me that. That they always mention you. And never once did any of those guys say, bad. it's because his perspective was right and his anatomy was good and everything was just blah, blah, blah. They didn't do that. It's like, they just said it was visceral. It was emotional. It it was nightmarish. It was in, inspirational on those four deep down levels. And the only way that happens is ideas. So I always tell people, dream. It's okay to daydream. Write it down. Sketch it out. Just let your mind go those places because that's where the great ideas come. Not, you know, I'm convinced that the guy who uh, figured out how to transplant a human heart, it didn't come from, it was like, well, I bet if we did this, this would work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's anything. The guy who said, how do we get a spaceship off earth? Well, I bet if we tried this, this would, and they go, that wouldn't work. Hey, it worked. You know, right. um, it comes yeah. from those moments where your brain, it's almost supernatural because I can't tell you where they come from, these ideas. I just know that you get yourself in a place where they will happen. And then after a while, they start happening. You can be ordering a Big Mac at McDonald's. You go, oh, God, I got to give, yeah, give me a pencil or something like that. It, it They just start coming because you've opened up that channel to it. Mm-hmm. And- People have to be told it's okay to dream. Oh. Not not the dream I can be a president one day, but to just little dreams. Little things. And it changes your life. Nobody no walks out. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, it's just that's it works every time. Nobody walks out of a really good film and goes, that was so symmetrical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? No. Uh, when they call them a feel-good movie... They used to use it as a put down. And I went, no, that's exactly feel good. Doesn't mean it all ended well. Yeah. I mean, you come out of Godfather two and he's all isolated and sad and he's done all these horrible things. And you go, man, that was great. You don't go, you don't do what, you know, everything went wrong, but I want to see that again. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, it's not the subject matter. It's the creation. But I always tell people. Well, how do I get the idea? So I said, number one, get a good night's rest. Mm-hmm. Be happy. I, I should do this more. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just just, uh, do stuff that makes you happy. Stay in that world. Just do it. Doesn't mean sit there alone and go, I've got to think of something. It No, you just go. But number one, you got enough rest. Mm-hmm. And when you're not doing whatever it is, get away from it. 
I only do my drawing in my studio. I go anywhere. I don't even tell people what I do. I just go and let that part of the, I think, I think probably with uh, artists, you see it the most, but I think it's probably true of a lot of things, but with artists, you see it the most where you're two people. You're the person that has to function in the day, take out the trash, go get the mail, go to the grocery store, take the kids to school, do all this stuff. And then there's that other guy who shoves the normal one out and does this thing. And, and I've noticed, my family notices that. And they noticed it when I was a kid and they noticed it. They, they would just know it, know it. And at that point, you, um, you uh, realize it's a good Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. Hyde it's is the where the idea, it, it comes, that's, Hyde is that guy. And um, yeah, my wife always noticed it. I didn't notice it. She would always notice it when that would start to happen. And uh, she said, well, your personality begins to change a little bit and you become more, uh, that that's the focus of what it is. And and I, um, because I don't like to take advantage of that, but I learned to follow it. She could tell I'd be start getting anxious. And it's like, yeah, you know, before the chicken lays the eggs, they cluck. <laughs> you know, I guess that's what it is. But sometimes I would just, you know, and she can tell when I've had a good day, it's because the best day isn't that I got some piece of art done. It's the idea came and it worked. Uh, so I always, I mean, I, I, that's why I drum it into people. Let's get, let's get that part working and get out of its way and don't apologize for it. And don't worry if the idea is someone else will like it. Do you like it? Because it has to be you like it first. Then other people will find it, even if it takes them a while to understand it. Um, I, in my career, have found this. Uh, people would tell me I didn't like the big ears, but then I started to look at it and now it's the only way I can see that it's this weird thing, right? I mean, that always happens or they tell me you know i read comics and collected comics and i got rid of my comics but i kept your comics i kept you know you're amongst the ones i kept because i kept thinking about them i go back and reread them and they got better every time and that's true of of uh great music or great film or great paint something where at first you're off put by it because it's the shock of the change and what that means is it's not so much change but it's it's that creator, that creator speaking directly to you from somewhere that's original in themselves. And that's why it's different. It isn't a mm -hmm. school of this or a school of that um, in and of itself. It may come from that. It may stand on the shoulders of that, but then it becomes its own. A human responding to the human on the page. And no amount of any technology will duplicate, imitate, recreate that, whatever. Um, it just won't, it can't, um, because there's something, uh, uh, impatient in humans. There's something, uh, that is twitchy. It's always looking for something new. I always tell people, if you want to stay an artist for a long time, stay curious, just stay curious.
And that curiosity will make you keep doing it because you'll you'll eventually move on. You never, never want to say, I found something and I'm going to stick with it. But if you stay curious, it will change. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to keep looking. A lot of people find a style and they're afraid to change anything. And my biggest fear is I would have to be drawing the same way forever and ever and ever. It's like, no, I I, I just stay curious. So other subjects interest me or um, uh, things that that uh, that I never thought of that would be interesting become interesting. And then that influences my work. Many thanks to Kelly Jones for joining us today. And thank you so much for all of the inspirational words.